If South Carolina's women's basketball team is going to win another national title, they need to see more of the aggressive side of Camilla Cardoso. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also a staff writer for Gamecock Digest over on Fan Nation. Thank y'all so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team here today. We are free and available, as always, both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more right now as new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. The South Carolina Gamecocks moved to 19-0 on the season on Saturday afternoon when they defeated the Vanderbilt Commodores. Don Staley and her team continues to roll throughout conference play. And on Sunday afternoon, we saw something that we haven't seen much of recently. And that is a more aggressive, a more imposing Camilla Cardoso. And the thing is, if South Carolina is going to win another national championship, which obviously they would like to do this season... They're going to need the Camilla Cardoso that they got on Sunday afternoon against Vanderbilt and also in the second half against the number nine ranked LSU Tigers this past Thursday night. Why is it that South Carolina needs an aggressive Camilla Cardoso? Well, when looking at the team, there is no player that affects the game quite like she does on both ends of the floor. Because Camilla Cardoso, she can catch the ball on the low block offensively and move well for her frame and also adjust her shot based on the angle that she is looking at with where she's positioned on the floor compared to the rim. She also is a proficient shooter at the free throw line. So even if she gets fouled and she misses her shot, she's more than likely going to score one or two points at the free throw line. And also, because of her six foot seven height and her overall frame, she can affect opposing players' shots and also grab a ton of rebounds. I believe she's still averaging a double-double on the season to this point. This South Carolina women's basketball team is full of really good players, but Cardoso is a great player in terms of her overall impact on any particular matchup versus any particular opponent. And when you look at the NCAA tournament, obviously we all have no doubt that South Carolina, they're going to make it quite far when they get to March. But if you're going to win the entire thing, you need to have a go-to player that you can rely on to get a bucket or make something happen when it is needed. And the one player who fits that billing on this team is Camilla Cardoso. Think about this. When South Carolina won the national championship back in 2022, Destiny Henderson was the player that changed that entire game. 
Yes, Leah Boston still had a really good impact, but Destiny Henderson's ability to drive to the basket and also hit shots from the outside, it completely changed how UConn was strategizing for South Carolina's offense. And Camilla Cardoso, she has shown in big games herself and also recently that she can have that same kind of effect. She recorded double-doubles against the UConn Huskies, LSU Tigers, and the Iowa Hawkeyes just this past season. And this past Thursday, I talked about this recently, she did not have a great first half against the LSU Tigers. She was not aggressive enough when it came to the boards, particularly on the defensive end. But Camilla Cardoso made up for that in the second half. She scored 8 of her 11 points in the final 20 minutes of that contest. And on Sunday, South Carolina faced a Vanderbilt team that, yes, is much improved and probably will make the NCAA tournament in March. But the Commodores just simply did not have a player in their front court that could match up with Camilla Cardoso's overall frame and size. And so the Gamecocks made the wise decision to just feed the ball to Cardoso on the low block and let her go to work. And when Camilla Cardoso is able to get into some kind of rhythm or groove in a particular game, it puts the opposing team's defense in conflict because it then leads them with a fork-in-the-road type decision. They can either continue to leave Camilla Cardoso in one-on-one situations where she can kill her individual matchup in terms of both scoring the basketball and also grabbing rebounds while drawing fouls, and that's exactly what happened against Vanderbilt on Sunday, or South Carolina's opponent can try and double-team Camilla Cardoso. We saw that happen a lot with Leah Boston, obviously, by the time that she was a junior at South Carolina, and we have also seen this at times with Camilla Cardoso when the Gamecocks have faced teams that, again, just don't have the size and height to match up with Cardoso on the defensive end. But the thing about Camilla Cardoso that probably does not get talked about enough with her game is she's also a great passer for someone at her position. And she has no problem catching the ball and immediately firing it back out to the perimeter to an open guard. A Raven Johnson, a Tahina Pow Pow, maybe a Bree Hall, and letting them shoot a three. And South Carolina, more often this year compared to years of old, they're able to hit those shots at a higher frequency. Heck, it's part of the reason that they won against LSU this past Thursday night because Camila Cardoso, she at one point caught a pass when she was on the low block and then she looked off to her left and she saw Bree Hall was wide open in the corner. So she just passed it off to her there. Bree Hall put up a shot and it gave South Carolina a 73-70 to lead that sucked the air out of the Pete Maravich Center and helped the Gamecocks seal the deal that night and get the win in Baton Rouge. So you get my overall point here. When Camilla Cardoso makes it a point, is intentional about making her presence felt against South Carolina's opponents, there are very few teams that can stop her. Quite frankly, the only way in which that you can hope to stop Camilla Cardoso is if she has a really off night shooting the basketball where she misses a ton of of bunnies or layups and that has happened at certain moments but it does not happen often so basically you cannot bank on that occurring every other game so 
That This is not to degrade the other players on South Carolina's roster. Again, as I mentioned earlier, South Carolina, they've got a bunch of star power everywhere. And they've got a bunch of players that could do a bevy of things. But the thing I will say about this team is they don't have a lot of shot creators necessarily. The person that might have the highest ceiling when it comes to that regard might be Malaysia Full Wiley. But the thing is, Malaysia Full Wiley, she is still a true freshman. She is coming off the bench at this point in time in her career. And she could still be up and down at times in some of these games. And so, out of the veterans that you have on this team, Camilla Cardoso, she's the one player that can basically create her own shot because, again, she's six foot seven, which obviously helps, but she also moves a lot better than people give her credit for. And so, even if she's in a bad situation, she could put herself into a much better position in order to be able to get a shot up off of the backboard and at the rim. So South Carolina, they need to see that version of Camilla Cardoso that they saw on Sunday against Vanderbilt moving forward. If they can get that, then the Gamecocks are going to be a lot more dangerous than they already are when they get to the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament and eventually the NCAA Tournament just a couple of months from now. Now, in terms of wanting to see improvement. South Carolina, obviously, when it comes to the football field, they want to see this team make a leap in 2024. And there's another now former coach in college football that made one of those kind of leaps just a couple years ago, and it eventually led to him winning multiple titles at his school, and now he's moved on to the NFL. I'm talking about Jim Harbaugh. So my question is, could Shane Pippen potentially pull a hardball in the sense of turning things around here at South Carolina after having a down year in 2023? We'll discuss why fans maybe should be optimistic about that taking place in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy and also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, and LED headlights, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. As always, a big thank you to each and every one of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily listen, wherever you get your audio podcasts daily, or your daily watch on YouTube. With how Jim Harbaugh was able to turn things around up at Michigan, that could serve as an example for why South Carolina fans should be potentially optimistic about what Shane Beamer and this program could accomplish in 2024. Now, 
first question I'm going to answer for y'all that you may have is, why are we talking about Jim Harbaugh in the first place? Well, although you may not believe me, there are a couple of similarities between Jim Harbaugh and Shane Beamer. Beamer and Harbaugh both came back home, quote-unquote, to be the head coach. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh played at Michigan back in his college days, and so he quite literally went back to his alma mater, while Shane Beamer, he went back to the state where he was born and a program that was one of his stops when he was an assistant coach back in his younger years in this profession. Both of these guys are also cut from a different cloth when it comes to how they operate as head coaches. They both have personalities that you could say stray away from your typical cookie-cutter type of head coach in the sport of football, and they're both also family-oriented with how they run their programs. And the other similarity is this. Both of these guys have had or are currently at a crossroads in their coaching career when they've been at their home school. Shea Beamer, right now, he's either fastly approaching his or he's already at that crossroads at South Carolina. And Jim Harbaugh, although he eventually won a national title, he definitely had his bumps in the road that now a lot of people outside of Michigan are probably going to forget. It wasn't always easy for the Michigan man. After winning eight games in 2017 and nine games in 2019, which was also part of a four-year run where they lost every bowl game they played in, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines went 2-4 and four in the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic season. After that season, Michigan proceeded to change Jim Harbaugh's contract. They gave him an extension that went all the way through 2025 in that offseason, but his base salary went from around $8 million to $4 million, with a $4 million buyout for the very next season that was going to decrease by a million dollars every season thereafter. In essence, Jim Harbaugh went from getting a massive homecoming just six, seven years ago to now he was being handed a prove-it contract from Michigan's athletic department. Harbaugh turned around and brought in several new assistant coaches, knowing that he had to change his ways or else he was probably going to be let go by his alma mater the very next season or maybe two years from now. Time was running short for the Michigan man, but the changes that he made worked out perfectly for the Wolverines. As in the past three seasons, his final three seasons up in Ann Arbor, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan won 37 games, three Big Ten titles, appeared in the college football playoff each season, and finally won that elusive national championship in 2023. Now, Taking this back to Shane Beamer, you look at what he has done since going 5-7 in 2023 with the Gamecocks. Shane Beamer has brought in 20 total transfers, a lot of experienced guys, and some guys who were also all-conference performers at one point in time in their college careers. He also changed running back coaches, going from Ontario Hardesty to Markwell Blackwell. He brought in an ace recruiter in James Coley and assigned him to coach the wide receiver position, a position where recruiting, as we've discussed plenty of times on this show, has been lacking for the past several years now. And he still managed to keep 
Coach Justin Stepp, who has deep ties to the state of South Carolina. He just reassigned him to the tight end coaching position. So he keeps those relationships going when it comes to recruiting in the Palmetto State. And that leads me to the question that I brought up to all of you earlier before we started this portion of the show. Should you be optimistic when looking at what Jim Harbaugh was able to do at Michigan in terms of turning things around when things looked bleak, and then looking at what Shane Beamer's done this offseason to this point? Should you be optimistic? I would say, cautiously speaking, yes, you should be optimistic. Because Shane Beamer, look, I'm not saying that he's now all of a sudden going to win multiple SEC titles, and that South Carolina is going to be constantly in the playoff discussion every single year. Before some of y'all try to twist my words, I promise you, I am not saying that that's going to happen. But what cannot be denied with his actions is this. Shane Beamer has sent the message that he knows that things have to change around here, that things must be different in order to get things back on track for the Gamecocks in 2024 on the football field. South Carolina's football program, they of course have an account on X and they release hype videos from time to time. They released one back on January the 9th, so it's been about three weeks since this video came out, and I did go back and watch and listen to this video in order to prepare for today's show. And listening back to this hype video, Shane made a couple of very interesting statements that I wanted to bring up to really hammer home the point of he knows that things have to change. Here's the first one, quote, If you're like me, it sucked sitting around on Christmas break watching other teams play. I'm hungry as hell to get started, and I've been waiting on this night for a while now. That was at the very beginning of the video. And then the video ended about a minute and a half later with Shane Beamer saying this, quote, We're not just going to keep doing the same thing over and expect a different result. We're going to do things differently. So, you got a soundbite from the head coach himself, Shane Beamer acknowledging that things have to change if they want to trend back in the right direction in the 2024 season. Again, I'm not saying that he is going to win a bunch of championships all of a sudden just like Jim Harbaugh did. And I get it. The resources and the history and everything that Michigan has is not on the same level as South Carolina. Obviously, it's a good amount higher. But... My point here is this, if you've completely thrown in the towel on Shane Beamer and his potential as South Carolina's head football coach, I would ask that you think again on that, and at least look at these other programs who didn't just quit on their guy immediately when things got bad a couple years into their tenure. Does that mean that Shane Beamer is going to win more than six games in 2024? It probably doesn't, but acknowledging that there are problems is the first sign in addressing problems. Whether it is for Shane Beamer as a head football coach, maybe you in your own personal life, you name it. Acknowledging problems is the first step. And so I think that there's reason to be optimistic that Shane Beamer in this program will take steps back in the right direction because of that in 2024. Now, I mentioned some of the hires that Shane Beamer has made this offseason just a couple of minutes ago, and the Gamecocks are set to make another hire later this afternoon, it appears, in new special teams coordinator Joe DeCamillis. So, 
Who is Joe DiCamillis, and how does he fit the vision that Schaefer has for his special teams units here in Columbia? We'll discuss the new special teams coordinator, at least more than likely, in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, the NFL playoffs are about wrapped up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets win or lose. The matchup for Super Bowl 58 is set, as the San Francisco 49ers will be taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the last time both of these teams met was Week 7 in 2022. The Chiefs won that game 44-23 in San Francisco, but this was before Brock Purdy became the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. So, with how the 49ers have looked since Brock Purdy took over at quarterback, is it fair to say that that could make up the deficit compared to their last matchup? If you believe that that's the case then go check out the FanDuel app today. The FanDuel app is easy to use, and you can bet on anything from spreads to player props and more. You can also visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. Shane Beamer and the South Carolina Gamecocks appear to be getting ready to hire a new special teams coordinator. As the board of trustees for the university are set to meet at 5 p.m. later today to approve an athletics employee contract. And that employee or the new coach is expected to be Joe DeCamillis. And when looking at Joe DeCamillis' background, it's pretty easy to see why he's expected to be the next special teams coordinator for South Carolina. And trying to do some research on Joe DeCamillis and what all he has done at his previous stops, I unearthed a video of him talking about the Los Angeles Rams when he was working with that coaching staff in 2021 and 2022. And while watching this video, there were two main things that stuck out to me that Joe DeCamillis mentioned. And the first thing that he mentioned was that a special teams coach is the only coach outside of the head coach that deals with everybody on the football team. Who does that sound like? That sounds like Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer made this point at media days back in 2023 this past summer talking about how he felt like that his experience as a special teams coordinator prepared him for the current job that he has as the head coach at South Carolina so that was one interesting tidbit that I picked up on because again that aligns with sort of the same ideas and philosophy that Shane Beamer has the other thing that I picked up on was when Joe DiCamillis was talking about getting his start in coaching. He talked about how he turned down the chance to work with his father-in-law, Dan Reeves, who, by the way, played at South Carolina during his college days way back when. He turned down two different opportunities to work with his father-in-law, who was currently at the time with the Denver Broncos, because Joe DiCamillis wanted to make his own way. In essence, he did not want to feel like 
that things were being handed to him because of the family relationship that he had with Dan Reeves. That sounds also a lot like Shane Beamer. It's why Shane Beamer did not coach with his father, Frank Beamer, until he knew his dad was getting ready to retire from Virginia Tech, and he worked with him from 2011 to 2015, over a decade after he got his start in coaching. So, again, aligns a lot with how Shane Beamer has carried himself throughout his own coaching career. And then in a separate interview that he did with LA Rams radio host J.B. Long, Jody Camillus talked about how one of his former bosses, former Denver Broncos head coach Gary Kubiak, imparted the philosophy that any phase of the game can help the team win, and that he doesn't really care how his team wins as long as they get the job done at the end of the day through the play of one of their particular units. And that aligns with the philosophy Beamer Ball. Now, I wouldn't go as far as to say that Shane Beamer would, you know, only be okay with one unit playing well and, you know, the other units could play really bad, but as long as they win, they win, right? Obviously, you always take the wins when you can get them, but that does literally sound just like Beamer Ball in how any unit can affect the game in some form or fashion. And so, once again, you can see how Shane Beamer, when he talked to Joe D. Camillus in the interview process, assuming that he did, of course, why he would have liked this guy a lot if he got those same kind of responses. Now, some other things to note about Joe D. Camillus as a coach. Joe DiCamillis coached in the NFL for over 30 years. So when it comes to coaching at the highest level, Joe DiCamillis, he knows everything about the game of football in terms of his knowledge bank. He is also, as I've already alluded to, the son-in-law of former Gamecock football player and NFL player slash coach Dan Reeves, who unfortunately is no longer with us, of course, but... Dan Reeves played a big role in him getting his start in coaching, and he has brought that up pretty much every time he has gotten the chance to talk about his father-in-law. The last three NFL teams that Joe coordinated for improved by an average of 10 spots in Rick Gosselin's special teams rankings in year one under his watch with each of those franchises. So basically, Joe DiCamillis went to that team, and that team got a lot better when it came to their special teams performances on Sundays. Throughout his entire time as a special teams coordinator in the NFL, he produced four top seven units and five top 15 units during his 14 years as a special teams coordinator. So he hasn't been a special teams coordinator every year, but when he has been, typically he's performed quite well. He's also been an assistant head coach at the NFL level, and he's even been an interim coach for one game. And that game took place in 2016 with the Denver Broncos when then-head coach Gary Kubiak suffered from a migraine and could not make it to that particular game. And so they had Joe DiCamillis basically take over the role as head coach for that particular contest. So the fact that Joe DiCamillis has a bunch of experience coaching the game of football, the fact that he has coached special teams at the highest level for a long period of time, he has an indirect family tie to the University of South Carolina, and he has been an assistant head coach, you could see very quickly why Joe DiCamillis was the choice 
for this job. And so in terms of what Shane Beamer looks for when it comes to special teams, I would say that he made a pretty solid hire here. Of course, Joe DiCamillis, as far as I could tell, he has never coached at the collegiate level. So we will see how he adapts to coaching college players once he gets to Columbia and we see him in action during spring practice. But until then, we'll be doing a lot more looking into Joe DiCamillis and what he will be bringing as a coach here to South Carolina. With all that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's show. As always, what are y'all's thoughts on Camilla Cardoso and how her being aggressive changes the complexion of South Carolina's women's basketball team in their goal to win another national title? What are your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh and what all he did at Michigan in his turnaround and how that could provide some optimism for some of the football fans when it comes to Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football program. And lastly, what are your overall thoughts on Joe DiCamillis and what he could do for Beamer ball here in Columbia? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or you can shoot me a direct message on X at A-Line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. But as always, thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday and a fantastic start to the work week. I'll be sure to catch you all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.